Hello and welcome to Calling All Cars from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Powerful motor cars on the road today are emergency cars. The police cars that answer your call for help. The fire engines that thunder through crowded streets at top speed. The ambulances that rush to the rescue of injured persons. No city or county tries to economize on the gasoline for these emergency cars. They want the best gasoline that money can buy. And they specify Rio Grande cracked gasoline more than any other brand wherever it is sold. Yet, surprising as it may seem, the cost of Rio Grande cracked gasoline is no higher than ordinary brands that lack the outstanding speed and power of crack. All extra features of greater speed, greater power, faster acceleration are just extra values that Rio Grande gives you. Now, you can use the same gasoline that has powered the emergency cars of Los Angeles, Oakland, Berkeley, Fresno, Merced, San Diego County, and Maricopa County in Arizona, and many, many others. Drive into the independent service station in your neighborhood that features Rio Grande cracked gasoline and Sinclair motor oil. Ask for a tank full of Rio Grande cracked gasoline, and you'll quickly realize the extra value that has made this gasoline so successful. It costs no more to get police car performance in your own car. And now we are privileged to present Chief W.M. Hellinan of Sacramento Police Department, who will speak to you from the new studios of Station KFBK in Sacramento. Chief Hellinan. Good evening. The case you are about to hear tonight, although from the files of my department, is really not my case. It is the case of Ed Cox, sergeant in charge of the narcotic detail of the Sacramento Police Department. This broadcast, in fact, might be considered a tribute to Sergeant Cox, who for more than 20 years had been an explanatory police officer. Sergeant Cox is an internationally recognized authority on narcotic criminology. He adds to his extraordinary zeal as a police officer a true crusading spirit against the drug traffic. For years he has fought it with all the powers legally vested in him, and he goes further than the line of duty, for he carries on an incessant campaign for narcotic control all over the United States, agitating for adequate legislation, campaigning for wider public education to the dangers of narcotics. It is a great pleasure for me to be able publicly to command Sergeant Cox for a splendid work. March 14th, 1934. In a dimly lit side street in Sacramento... Two shadowy figures meet. I'll show you. Where's Motius, Jose? You have the marijuana for me? You have the money? See, si. five dollars. Here. Bueno. 
And he is you, Marijuana. Okay, boys, stick him up. Yeah, what the your is it, you You're know? under arrest, two years. We've been watching you for a couple of weeks, waiting until you make a sale. Check him down, Thomas. Right. Yeah, but, senor, I did Save do... your breath, Garcia. You know better. We got you in the act of a sale, and you can't talk your way out of it. Come on, pile in the car here. You better drive, Thomas. Okay. Senor, if you will permit a question. Yeah? This Jose, you do not arrest him? Jose? Huh? I should say not. He works for us. Come on, get in. You get in the front seat with Thomas, Jose. Okay, Sergeant. Now, what I want to know, Chew Ears, is where did you get that marijuana? I do not know. Oh, come on, Chew Ears. That's pretty weak. Where did you get it? From a Mexican fellow. What was his name? I do not know. Oh, yes, you do. Believe me, senor, I do not know a Mexican fellow's name. What did he look like? Well, he looked like any other Mexican fellow. Now, listen, Chew Ears. Quit the stalling. Well, he was like any other Mexican fellow, except he had warts on his hands. May 10th, 1934. Sergeant Cox and his partner, Detective W.A. Thomas, working day and night to stem the rapidly rising flow of marijuana cigarettes into Sacramento, raid a rooming house near the river. There they are! Get away from that gun! These cops don't keep any funny ideas out of your head. But, senor, what have I done? Who are you? You know both answers. Hmm. Looks like he's got enough marijuana here to make a couple of thousand cigarettes, eh? Yeah. What's your name? Sure, I'm here. Where did you get this marijuana? I cannot say. You'd better say. I would be killed, and besides that, I do not know. What do you mean, you don't know? I do not know. You married? See. Si. You got any kids? See. Si. Two. Hmm. Gonna be tough on them when we put you away for a nice long sleep up in Quentin. Where are they gonna live on? I can't say. Well, if you're smart, you'll help us out. Where did you get this marijuana? Mexican fellow. What Mexican fellow? I do not know. What was his name? Only name I know is Mexican Jim. Mexican Jim, eh? What's he look like? I, I tell they kill me. I cannot tell you. They can't kill you up in Quentin, and that's where you're going. Now, what did this Mexican Jim look like? Well, he had warts on his hands. Oh. You hear that, Thomas? Yeah. Our man with the warts on his hand is named Mexican Jim. Well, where did he get the stuff, Ramirez? I do not know. But I heard he has the biggest marijuana field in the world. The biggest marijuana field in the world, eh? Where? Where is it? Can't say. You better tell us, Ramirez. Por favor, senor, I do not know. It is in California someplace. That is all I heard. But where? There are 58 counties in California. I am sorry, senor. I do not know anymore. For three months, the two officers question every suspect regarding the marijuana field owned by Mexican Jim, the man with warts on his hands. No one can or will tell where it is. And then, following a raid in August, Jose, the squad's undercover man, excitedly reports to Cox. Yeah, Jose, what's on your mind? Listen, Sergeant. You know that Estrada we brought in on that raid this morning? Yeah. I heard him say in Spanish why we were bringing him over. He said, Mexican Jim over in Yolo has better get that 500 pounds to L.A. before Cox catches him and grabs his field. Mexican Jim. Yolo. Grab his field. You hear that, Thomas? Yeah. That's the break we've been looking for. Not much of a break. Must be several hundred ranches in Yolo County. Several hundred ranches in Yolo County. That's okay. We'll visit them all. Mm, how? Waltz in and ask them if they're growing any marijuana? Of course not. 
We've got to figure some legitimate excuse to get onto the ranches. Mm. Well, hey, how about posing as inspectors from the Department of Agriculture? Plant inspectors, eh? Yeah. No, that's no good. We've got to see the foreman or the owners of the ranches, but that isn't enough. What do you mean? Well, maybe our Mexican Jim is working on one of these ranches as a laborer, growing his marijuana on some unused acreage of his boss. That's possible. The boss might never get wise. It only takes marijuana 90 days to mature. It looks like a weed when it's growing. Yeah, that's right. You see, we've got to figure out some kind of a gag that'll get us among the Mexican ranch hands. Jose. Yes, Sergeant. You worked on some of the ranches around here. You got any ideas how we could get close to the ranch hands? Well, we might sell them something, Sergeant. Sell them something? Of course. Jose, you'll go far in this policing business. Yes, yes, Senor. Sell them something. What will we sell them? They buy a lot of gin. (laughs) That'd be a nice story. Narcotic officers sell liquor to ranch hands. Might as well go out peddling them reefers. How about books or magazines? No, not enough of them can read. We've got to have a line of goods that will interest them. Interest them. I've got it. Suits. Suits? Sure. These boys go for fancy clothes. These boys go for fancy clothes. We'll get some samples and some water blanks and go into the clothing business. That sounds reasonable. Sure. And it'll get us close enough to them to watch for warts on the hands. After all, that's our only clue. What do you think, Jose? Will the Mexicans be interested in flashy clothes? Sure they will. But they must not be too expensive. These poor fellows, they have not much money. Don't worry. We'll get a cheap enough line of goods. And you're going to help me pick it out. Gracias, senor. And then you're going along with us to act as interpreter. We may need you, Jose. Next day, equipped with books of swatches, tape measure, and designs, the two officers and their Mexican assistant begin a systematic canvas of the ranches of Yolo County. Day after weary day, they pursue their adopted profession, selling suit after suit, but never managing to meet with a Mexican with warts on his hands. And then, after they have visited nearly 40 ranches, with discouragement, has often tempted them to give up their chaotic search. They call upon a ranch not ten miles from Sacramento. The big Italian who owns the place meets them on the porch of the ranch house. Good day, gentlemen. Oh, how do you do? We represent the Western Haberdashery Company, Incorporated. We'd like to interest you in a suit of clothes. Uh, not to me. Well, here, just take a look at our line of samples. The latest thing right from New York. No, you can't tell me, of course. I've been wearing this suit for ten years. Well, how about the men on the place here? Mind if we show our line to your hands? Well, to tell you the truth, there ain't nobody working for me now. Well, I thought I noticed a Mexican down by the barn when we drove in. Oh, him? Well, he don't work for me. He's working in the part of the ranch, you know. He's got the 45 acres oh, yeah. on the lease. Think he might be interested in a suit of clothes? I don't know. I won't hurt it to ask him. Hey, who are you? Yeah? Come over here. Come over brother. I want to talk to you. Okay. You're selling. Yes, uh, get out the samples, Valentino. Right away. Thomas, did you see that? He has warts on his hands. Yeah, I noticed it. Here are the samples. Ah, Mr. Painter. This is a very popular number. Blue serge is just what they're wearing in New York. Oh, I don't like that. 
How about these one here, these striped stuff? Oh, an excellent choice. Just look at the models we're showing. Say, you'd look like a fashion plate in this double-breasted model, Mr. Painter. Yeah, I kind of like that. How much it cost to make me a suit like that? Well, we can fix you up with this model for $40. $40? What do you think I am? Oh, of course, we have some others almost as good for as low as $25. I guess we can't do any business, then. Well, the quality's the very best for the money. Listen, my friend. I'm not one who pays $40 for a suit of clothes. When I buy clothes, I buy the best. I expect to pay $100 or more for a suit. Oh. <laughs> I didn't understand you at first. This stuff is too cheap for me. I don't buy junk like these peons wear. Come around sometime when you got some good stuff. Now, just a minute, Mr. Painter. My friend Valentino here has some very fine samples up in Sacramento. You know, it's a pity you didn't bring them along today, isn't it, Valentino? Huh? What? Well, those uh, custom-built suits, that $100 line you're representing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I should have brought them. Yeah. You see, we didn't expect to encounter a man of your taste, Mr. Painter. Yeah, there ain't many of them around here. But if you could give Valentino an appointment, I'm sure that you'll be pleased with his line. Okay. Uh, where shall we sit? I'll be up in Sacramento on Sunday. Want to meet me then? Where? Where? At Valdez Restaurant. You know the place? Oh, yes, I know it. I will meet you this Sunday, say, at 3 o'clock. Yeah, that'll be okay. Adios, gentlemen. Adios. Along. Who's the bad boy? Hey, he nearly had us with that $100 line. Yeah, well, I'll bet that's our guy. Watts on the hands, and he's leasing 45 acres from that Italian. Tell me, where am I to get samples of $100 suits? We'll find them someplace. But that isn't all you'll have for him Sunday. No? What else? Are you going to arrest him? No, not yet. But you will have a problem that you will uh, have to ask this guy's advice about. Cox instructs Jose to write himself a letter, which is then sent to the San Francisco police for mailing so that it will bear a San Francisco postmark. On Sunday, after Jose and Pena have discussed suits for some time, Jose brings up this pressing problem contained in his letter. I have a problem on my hands. Perhaps you can help me solve it. What is it? I have a letter from a dear friend of mine in San Francisco. I don't know what to do about it. What does the letter say? Here, I will read it to you. It says, My good friend Valentino, do something for me. While you are visiting ranches in the Sacramento Valley, selling sewers to Mexicans... Please keep your eyes and ears open for a good buy of marijuana. Mm, marijuana? Huh? Say, I can handle 500 pounds of first-grade merchandise, and I will pay you a nice commission if you can buy it for me at a reasonable price. Mm. I understand there are some wonderful fields in the Sacramento and San Joaquin Valleys. You might try around Modesto. Modesto? Say, I hear there's a fellow down there who has some fine stuff. Mm. With the demand I have from the Alaska fishing boats and the canneries and packers... As well as my San Francisco trade, I feel inclined to invest in 500 pounds. But I think the price is going up. Oh, the price is going up. Make a good deal for me, and I will reward you. Your old friend, Fernando Martinez. You see, Pena, I don't know anything about marijuana. I've got too much to do myself. Hmm. I can't go all the way down to Modesto to look for marijuana for Fernando. But still, I, I don't want to disappoint him. He's a very old friend of mine. You will not have to disappoint him. Valentino, I can supply him with 10,000 pounds of marijuana if necessary, and I will only charge him $5 a pound for it. What? 
I am indeed fortunate to have met you. You have 10,000 pounds of marijuana on that ranch? No, 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 no. He's not on the ranch. It's more than 50 miles from Sacramento. This marijuana has never been on that ranch. I have a store at another place. When can I get these 500 pounds from my friend? It will take at least a week before I can deliver it. He's not fully mature yet. Steve, I can tell my friend Fernando that I can get the marijuana for him, huh? You can tell him that. Oh, my good friend, Dana, you don't know how happy you make me. Oh, yes, Sergeant. Another thing. He's known to all the people around Valdez's Mexican gym. Yeah, he's our man, all right. But he was lying to you. What do you mean, Ed? Well, he said the marijuana was stored 50 miles from town. Then he said that it would not be fully matured for a week. Marijuana can't be stored until it's fully matured. Hey, that's right. My hunch is that he gave Jose the runaround because the marijuana is on that ranch. Yeah, I believe you're right, Ed. Yeah, and you remember that Italian told us, Pena, Mexican Jim, or whatever his name is, is leasing 45 acres. That's probably where the field's located. Then we've got to find the field, first of all. Yeah, and we can't go nosing around there in the daytime. I don't intend to. We're going down there tonight. Oh, and wear some old clothes, Thomas. There's no telling what we may run into. and Thomas leave their car parked a mile from the ranch and start their investigation of the Italian's land. It's pretty hard going, for they dare not use a light. Can you tell what this stuff is growing in this field? Yeah, it looks like lettuce, but it's hard to tell with no light. Yeah, we'll cut into the next field then. Yeah. Moon's rising. Yeah. When it does, we'll have to scram out of here. What? Oh, what's the matter? I down there fell into that irrigation ditch. Yeah, woke up all the dogs in the car. Well, I can't help it. Oh, hey, what are you throwing? Some hunks of meat I brought along. You'll keep them occupied. Looks like tomatoes in this field. Yeah. That's corn on the other side there. You can tell by the height. Oh, wait a minute, Ed. Huh? Look at those leaves catching the moonlight. All silver. Yeah. And they're quivering. There's no wind blowing. That's the marijuana field. Look, he's planted corn around the edges to fake it. Looks as though the marijuana's outgrown the corn. Yeah. Well, we know where the field is now. We'd better get out of here before somebody sees us. Yeah. Well, it looks like we've got our friend Mexican Jim right where we want him, huh? Oh, no. Not yet. He could beat this evidence in court. Claim that he didn't know what was growing on his land. After all, marijuana's a weed. He could claim it just, just happened to grow there. Well, if we can't let him get away with this... Don't worry, we won't. Tomorrow morning, we'll give Jose another job to do. Okay, let's get out of here, then. Just a minute. Hey, what are you doing? Collecting a few leaves for souvenirs. I want to make a chemical analysis of this stuff. You set for me, Sergeant? Yes, Jose. I want you to go out and see your friend Mexican Jim. Yes? Yeah. We located his field last night, and the chemist reports that the samples we brought in are marijuana, all right. But we don't want any slip-ups. So here's 50 bucks. I want you to buy some marijuana from him. Then we'll have him for possession and sale. I understand. Tell him that your friend in San Francisco wants to buy 10 pounds to sample it before he ties up a lot of money and 500 pounds. You call for it. Okay. Report back to me as soon as you've made the arrangements. Yes, sir. Jose interviews Mexican Jim at his ranch and the deal set... He returns to headquarters and reports to Sergeant Cox and Detective Thomas. Everything is arranged, Sergeant. When will they make delivery? He told me to be outside the Hamburger Joint in Dixon at one o'clock in the morning, and he would bring the marijuana to me. Dixon? 
That's 15 miles from the ranch, isn't it, Thomas? Yeah, just about. That guy Payne is too smart to deliver the stuff himself. He'll probably hide it somewhere between the ranch and Dixon. So there's no chance of being caught in the act of actual sale. Yeah, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. Well, just to make sure, Thomas, you and I will go out to his ranch as soon as it gets dark. And Jose, you go to Dixon and wait for him. But the chances are they won't meet you. The chances are he'll be in jail by one o'clock in the morning. Shortly after sundown that night, Cox and Thomas pulled their car off the road into the little lane leading to the ranch house. A tense couple of hours pass, and then they hear an automobile start from the ranch. Okay, Thomas, roll it across the road. I'll stay back here where he can't recognize me. Hey, what's the idea of locking these roads? This is private property. <laughs> I'm awfully sorry, brother, but the car broke down. I wonder if you could give us a hand to push it out of the way, huh? Well, okay. Go on, Joe. All right, twist, push it. All right, boys, up with your hands. What, what, uh, what is it? Is it a hijack? No, an arrest. Thomas, huh? slap the bracelets on these two. Arrest? For what? Suspicion of possession of narcotics at the moment. Say, haven't I seen you before? Yeah. I tried to sell you a suit. Now I'm going to buy you one. A gray one with a number on it. Here's what we're looking for, Thomas. A ten-pound can of marijuana. Pena and his lieutenant, an Italian named Joe Saldi, are placed in jail. And the following morning, Cox and Thomas return to the field to view their capture for the first time in daylight. With them is a professor from the California College of Agriculture. Well, what do you think of it, Professor? I wouldn't have believed it. It's the most scientifically grown field of anything I've ever seen. Observe the care with which the soil has been treated and the careful irrigation. Yes, apparently his intention was to mask the marijuana with those rows of corn on the outside. As you see, he failed because the marijuana grew too high. And no wonder, with the care it has been given... What would you estimate the size of the field to be? Oh, about five acres. Five acres? Do you hear that, Thomas? Yeah. Do you realize then, Professor, that this constitutes the biggest marijuana seizure in the history of narcotic enforcement? Indeed. Yes, sir. There's never been anything like it before. Enough marijuana for four million cigarettes. It's a great pity that the man who grew this couldn't have applied his talents to legal agriculture. What a scientific farmer he would have been. Yeah, Professor. The world would be a better place if a lot of smart crooks were spending their time figuring how to help people instead of how to harm them. The Davis marijuana field constitutes such a vast seizure that it is impossible to transport it. Under careful guard, the narcotic is cut down and then burned before it has time to mature. And in the meantime, Cox interviews his prisoner in the Sacramento jail. Well, Painter, looks pretty tough for you. What do you mean, tough for me? You haven't got anything on me? Oh, yes, we have plenty. What? Well, that field of yours. That ain't my field. You leased it from that Italian? I was growing corn and lettuce and stuff. Well, how do you explain the marijuana? I don't know nothing about it. Loco weed grows wild. Not this loco weed. This was planted, irrigated, and raised. And believe me, Painter, it's a beautiful job. I don't know what you mean. Oh, now listen, man. We've got a half a dozen peddlers we already put away who'll testify that you furnished them with marijuana. If they do, it'll be too bad for Be careful, Painter. I might use that against you. Huh? Then there's that ten-pound can of marijuana we found in your cart last night. How do you explain that? It belonged to Soldi. Hmm. Now, Painter, you wouldn't think on a pal, would you? That suit salesman, Valentino, he's working for us, you know. 
and he'll testify about your willingness to take an order for 500 pounds. Okay, okay. I guess you got me all right. We sure have. Well, what do you want to know? Well, just off the record, I'd like to know how you ever come to play such a long chance. Because I'm a gambler, I guess. I like to leave good. Yeah, I like to pay $100 for your clothes, for instance, huh? Yeah, that's part of it. I figured if I went on farming all my life, I'd never clean up. And here was a long shot to play, a chance of getting it all at once. It cost me 28 cents a pound to raise that marijuana, and I would have sold it at $5 a pound. That's profit. Yeah, but you didn't sell it at $5 a pound. All you got out of it is a trip to San Quentin. That's the chance I took, and I lost. Well, didn't the responsibility ever occur to you? Yeah, what responsibility? Well, let's say, for instance, somebody who smoked a couple of cigarettes made from your marijuana might have gone out and killed somebody. In a way, you would have then been responsible for that murder. That is, ethically, if not legally. I don't look at things like that. I figure that a man who's fool enough to smoke marijuana will get into trouble anyway. Oh, then you don't smoke it. Uh-huh. Not me. I'm too smart. Julio Pena, alias Mexican Jim, was smart. A decidedly superior man. But he wasn't smart enough to see the futility of the gamble that he tried to get away with. He lost to the tune of six years in San Quentin, and his partner, Soldi, was deported to Italy. Sergeant Cox received the congratulations of narcotic enforcement agencies all over the world for the excellent work which resulted in the seizure and destruction of the largest field of scientifically grown marijuana ever attempted. you like to ride in a police car. Rio Grande offers you all the thrills and speeds of police car performance in your own car when you use Rio Grande cracked gasoline. The same gasoline that powers more emergency cars than any other brand. You'll be driving faster and further this summer, and you don't want to keep stopping to add an extra quart of oil. Fill up once with Sinclair Motor Oil, sold by all Rio Grande dealers you'll find that you can use a lighter grade of oil and have it last longer because Sinclair motor oil is refined until all impurities and non-lubricating substances are removed. It doesn't burn up like most motor oils, and you'll actually get more miles for your money with Sinclair. At any Rio Grande station, you can get a free copy of Calling All Cars News that tells you all about these radio programs and also illustrates the complete junior detective outfit that Rio Grande gives away free to all boys and girls. Sacramento Police calling all cars, attention all cars, cancellation broadcast 135 regarding marijuana peddlers' activities. The source of supply has now been destroyed. That's all. Gary Breckner bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company. <laughs>